Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. You are listening to More Than Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Just this last week, one of my patients came to see me. He was a man who was accustomed to having sex with other men, and he had a rash that was a little unusual, and in today's world, his concern was that he might have, you guessed it, monkeypox. So the title of my lesson today is Who's Monkeying With You? Not just who, but WHO, World Health Organization. Who is monkeying with you? Well, I examined my patient, and it turns out he had a herpes rash, not a monkeypox rash, and he was greatly relieved, and he was treated appropriately. But let's talk a little bit today about monkeypox. I guess you understand from the news that monkeypox has been declared a pandemic. It's been declared an emergency, a health emergency, not just in the United States, but worldwide. And I received a, a CDC health update just in the last uh, few weeks instructing medical doctors about the monkeypox outbreak. The one I'm looking at is from June 15th, and of course it's a little dated and there's been more information since that time, but this just happens to be the one that I, that I was able to put my fingers on right away, and it's entitled a CDC Health Update for Physicians, and at that time there were about 1,600 cases uh, reported in 30 countries worldwide, Now that's more than that now, and I know that and there'd been no deaths reported. Now, since that time, there have been a few deaths reported. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable to me that that few cases and that few deaths would cause an emergency, that would cause a pandemic. Also, the health update from the CDC challenged physicians to make sure to consider other endemic rashes such as varicella zoster, herpes, and syphilis, things that we see in our medical practices every day. There was information sent to us about the background of monkeypox, which if you've listened to the news, you already know that it's an orthopox, that it's derived from a West African monkey, I guess is the where it started. Uh, actually, it, it came from other animals as well that are uh, indigenous to West Africa. The case fatality rate of monkeypox associated with the West African clade of monkeypox virus is less than 1%, unless patients are immunocompromised, in which case it could be a tad bit higher. Close contact is required for folks to acquire monkeypox, and that means sustained skin-to-skin contact between individuals, and that usually means 
sexual contact with a person who has monkeypox. It could include bed linens, and it means often face-to-face contacts with someone who has the monkeypox virus. Now, you've already guessed it, that the New England Journal of Medicine reported just last week that 95% of monkeypox cases in the United States are in the homosexual and bisexual male population. So why would the CDC say to the United States population that everyone is in is at risk of acquiring monkeypox? Well, it's just not true. And that's why I entitled my lesson, Who's Monkeying With You? Because they're deceiving most of the folks in the United States into thinking that everyone is at risk of getting monkeypox. When that's simply not true. It's the homosexual and bisexual male community that are at the highest risk of getting, acquiring monkeypox. Now, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like. What does monkeypox look like? Well, first of all, understand that there's a prodrome. When folks get monkeypox, they start with fever, swollen lymph nodes, headache, muscle aches, kind of like a lot of viruses. And then within five to seven days, they develop a rash or an enanthem, as we doctors call it. And the rash often starts like other poxes, like chicken pox and smallpox, on the oral mucosa inside the mouth. It'll have a rash on the mouth that then spreads to the trunk, the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet. And it starts with a flat rash that then becomes papular and then becomes vesicular. And the vesicles often have a little uh, pimple in the middle. It's like a, a little, it's called umbilicated. It has a little belly button in the middle of it. It's umbilicated. So it starts with a flat rash that then becomes a vesicle and then a pustule. And the pustule has a little milky white pustular looking fluid on the inside, which is contagious, by the way. And then Within three to four weeks, all the, ra- all the rash, all the pustules will resolve and the rash will, will peel off and the person will no longer be contagious. Now, many of you had chicken pox as a child and you remember being told that when the last pox crusted over and you were no longer contagious. Well, that's pretty much the same with monkey pox. When the last pustule crusts over, then you are no longer contagious. But that can take up to three or four weeks. Now, let's contrast this with smallpox. Smallpox doesn't typically cause swollen lymph nodes. It has a similar appearance. It causes the pox. It lasts about the same length of time. But smallpox has about a 30% mortality, about One out of three people who acquire smallpox will die from the smallpox. There's a lot of blindness associated with smallpox because people get the pox on the cornea. Smallpox also causes disfiguring of the skin. The pox causes uh, permanent cratering on the skin, so it can cause disfiguring. 
And so there's a difference between monkeypox, chickenpox, and smallpox. So those are differences that you need to bear in mind. Now, let's talk about a few other things that I think that are important for us to, to understand. What if you find yourself having monkeypox? Well, you need to quarantine. You need to stay at home in a single-person room. You need to have a dedicated bathroom. You need to stay away from other family members, not allowing any skin-to-skin contact. And you need to do so until the last pox crushed over. The people who take care of you, whether they're medical personnel or family members, need to wear personal protective equipment, such as gowns and gloves and eye protection and a respirator, all of those, an N95 respirator, and need to do that until all of the lesions have crusted over and have fallen off and you have good, fresh layer of skin. And no visitors are allowed until all of the, the lesions have crusted over. What if you think you've been exposed to monkeypox? say, in in your community or at work or at home, well, then you have to monitor yourself for symptoms. You have to check your temperature twice a day for up to 21 days. You can continue to work and you can continue to be around other people as long as you are asymptomatic. But if any symptoms develop, you got to stop work, you have to quarantine yourself, and you have to contact your medical provider and the health department. Let them know that you've been exposed and now you're having symptoms. This is Bob, the producer of More Than Medicine podcast. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably already know both Dr. Jackson and I are very much in tune with what's going on around us in the realm of South Carolina government. The complete spectrum, from governor to the school boards, and certainly everything in between. That's why I want to take a minute to tell you about my new podcast titled South Carolina Politics. I have interviews from candidates to office holders to anybody that has anything to do with government in South Carolina. So check it out. I think you'll like it. It's called South Carolina Politics. Now, there's a few other things that we ought to think about when we're talking about monkeypox. I want to give you a couple of quotes by some folks that are in positions of influence. Dr. Jennifer McQuiston, who's a deputy director of the CDC's Division of High-Consequence Pathogens and Pathology, stated that monkeypox behaves differently from COVID. She said it's not a situation where if you're passing someone at a grocery store, you're going to be at risk for monkeypox. And what she's saying is it's not a disease that's very contagious. Now, let's talk about something that we call the r naught. If you remember during COVID, uh, we used to talk about everybody became a little bit of an epidemiologist during COVID, and we used to talk about how contagious COVID was. And one of the terms that you heard the, the news commentators who all fancied themselves to be uh, epidemiologists, they would talk about the R naught of COVID. Well, the R naught is a descriptor of how contagious an illness is. Well, the R naught for COVID was about seven to ten. 
And what that meant was that when you were exposed to a group of people, if one person had COVID, he would likely cause seven to 10 people around him to catch COVID. That's how contagious COVID was. The R naught for monkeypox is zero. <laughs> now, what that means is that nobody who's in close proximity to someone with monkeypox is going to catch monkeypox. And that's why Dr. Jennifer McQuiston said that if you pass someone in the grocery store, you're not going to catch monkeypox from them. It takes close, intimate contact with somebody who has monkeypox for you to catch monkeypox from them. And that's why it takes pretty much sexual contact, intimate sexual contact for you to acquire monkeypox from somebody who already has the disease. That's why the R naught for monkeypox is zero. You're not going to catch monkeypox from somebody simply by walking by them or being in a workspace with them or even living in the house with them. Now, let's back up and talk about HIV. If you remember way back in the beginning, back in the 1980s, some of you remember when AIDS was first an epidemic. And public health officials scared the bejeebers out of everybody in the United States by saying to them that everyone could contract HIV. And I remember that because that's when I was uh, first in my residency program. Well, everyone in my residency had to uh, provide a, uh, a, a paper that we presented to all the other residents. Well, I decided to make my presentation on AIDS because it was new and everybody was in a big fears about it. So I did my research. And in my research, it turned out that the only people in the United States who really had AIDS, as it was called back then, were homosexual men and IV drug abusers. And yet, almost every day in the news media, the news media were telling the people of the United States that anybody and everybody could contract, con could contract AIDS. And it was everywhere. It was in Newsweek. It was in... Um, the, the big newspapers all around and the news and the medical journals, but yet it was all a big fat lie. It was medical misinformation. It was what you and I would call uh, medical porn. And everybody was afraid of contracting AIDS. And yet, as a matter of medical fact, the only people who were contracting AIDS were homosexual men and IV drug abusers. And as many people now know, homosexual men were practicing bizarre sexual practices, many of them having dozens and sometimes hundreds of sexual partners in a lifetime, sometimes multiple sexual partners in a single day. And, you know, things that just were completely alien to the average God-fearing, right-thinking American. And these were the ones who were contracting HIV, as we now call it. 
Now, the thing that was so disturbing 30 years later when I read another article in, in, a, in a medical journal was that Dr. Fauci himself was requesting Congress to allocate funds for vaccine development. Well, does that sound familiar? <laughs> Him asking money for vaccine development? For vaccine for everybody in the United States. He even suggested that children and young adults could contract AIDS, when in fact that was a far cry from the truth. Dr. Fauci has been spreading medical information for 40 or more years, almost 50 years, really, and he has never changed his tune, and he's still trying to push vaccines as a cure for every illness. Now, get this. There are good antiviral medications that are available for treating monkeypox. Why would Fauci press the United States government to purchase millions of doses of vaccine for monkeypox when there are oral antivirals that adequately treat monkeypox? I wonder who is making money on the purchase of all these millions of doses of vaccine. Always follow the money. Always follow the money. And you see, just like with the COVID vaccine, there are folks in the United States National Institute of Health, FDA, the organization that Dr. Fauci heads, all of them are making money from these vaccines. And I'm just not saying that. There's plenty of evidence to document that. And the same thing's going to be true with these smallpox vaccines that are being purchased. There's one called ACAM 2000. There's another one produced by Janios, J-Y-N-N-E-O-U-S, Janios, that's being purchased by the United States government to combat monkeypox. Why? when there's an oral antiviral that treats monkeypox perfectly well. Does that sound familiar? When there were repurposed drugs named ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine that were cheap, safe, and effective for treating COVID, and yet the only treatment that Fauci was promoting was, well, you guessed it again, vaccines. High-dollar, unsafe, inadequately tested vaccines. And you better believe that the smallpox vaccines are not safe. In fact, they were pulled from the market in the 1970s because they were not safe. They caused all manner of harsh side effects, and that's why they're no longer given. Well, let me read to you an article that I just got from uh, the Daily Wire by a gentleman named Doug Blair. And this is a very interesting article that has some very interesting things to say. And in this article, he talks about the fact that the only people that are getting COVID are homosexual and bisexual men. And it says, according to the data, that no one is getting uh, monkeypox except for gay guys, as he says in this article. And he also quotes the New England Journal of Medicine article that I gave, uh, I quoted to you earlier. And he says that the messaging strategy surrounding monkeypox 
seemingly has sought to obfuscate the fact that only gay men are acquiring monkeypox. He says buried under a mountain of menus on the CDC website is this nugget specifying who should get vaccinated. And here's the quote from the CDC website. Currently, this outbreak is largely affecting gay, bisexual, or other men who have sex with men. And then he goes on to say that even when they do say something about how monkeypox almost exclusively infects gay men, public health officials couch their language by citing a non-existent stigma against gay men as the reason. The World Health Organization chief, Tedros Ghebreyesus, said, The stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus and can fuel the outbreak. As we have seen with COVID-19 misinformation, this information can spread rapidly online. Now, we'll be fair to Gabriel's. He did offer a pathetic plea asking gay men to stop sleeping around before chiding you and me for stating the obvious about who gets sick with this disease. He went on to say, For men who have sex with men, this includes for the moment reducing your number of sexual partners, reconsidering sex with new partners, and exchanging contact details with any new partners to enable follow-up if needed. Now, let's think about this for a minute. In a post-COVID-19 world, that kind of hand-wringing appeal for people to change their behavior falls flat. It's unacceptable after public health officials use government to force you and me to lock down, mask up, and get vaccinated against our wills. Medical tyranny, such as the National Institute of Health, caused by Dr. Fauci, they were perfectly willing to stigmatize those who wanted to maintain their freedom as anti-science. And more than one unmasked American was accused of being a grandma killer. So now they care about hurting people's feelings? Give me a break. This isn't the first time that political sensibilities have gotten in the way of an effective public health response. Long before monkeypox or the novel coronavirus, there was the AIDS epidemic. And I've just now discussed all of that with you. And so what are you and I supposed to say about all of that? My response is this. How many thousands of lives could have been impacted if Dr. Fauci hadn't injected his own personal politics into the COVID-19 debate or into this whole monkeypox issue? How many businesses could have been saved from ruin if they had just been able to stay open? How many families of my patients could have said their goodbyes to loved ones or attended personal milestones such as the birth of a child or a marriage or a wedding or their child's high school graduation? The number of lives touched by the politicization and selective enforcement of pandemic policies stack up quickly. 
Now, here's another thing that concerns me greatly. In 2019, the federal government passed a law that allows the Department of Defense to help with the enforcement of public health emergencies. Monkeypox has been declared a public health emergency. Now, you think about that for a moment. What if you decide that you don't want to take a monkeypox vaccine in the same way that you did not want the COVID vaccine? And our federal government decides that everybody needs a monkeypox vaccine, not just homosexual men. Now, there are many of us who are logical and right-thinking, and we realize that we, there's no way in the world we need a monkeypox vaccine. And the federal government says, well, we're going to get the Department of Defense and the military to enforce the taking of a monkeypox vaccine. And you say to yourself, well, the military will never do that. Oh, nay, nay, au contraire. Are you aware that in the last two and a half years, there's been a mass exodus from our military of patriotic, constitution-loving, God-fearing military personnel? They have been not re-enlisting, and they have been retiring in massive numbers because they did not want the COVID vaccine and because they do not want to be indoctrinated with CRT and woke ideology. Who is left in our military? The only ones left are the liberal progressive folks that embrace CRT and woke ideology. And if the federal government says that those of you who love the Constitution, who are right-thinking and God-fearing Christian folks who go to church and do not want a, a monkeypox vaccine, those in, who are left in the military will look around and say, well, those folks deserve to get this vaccine, and we're going to help the federal government give it to them. And they will have no qualms whatsoever about enforcing a vaccine mandate on those of you who do not want it. Now, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I look into my crystal ball and I see in the future there's going to be manufactured food shortages and fuel shortages. And when that day comes, who's going to be the one who enforces the food rationing and the fuel rationing? It's going to be the military. And if the military is mainly composed of people who are liberal progressives, who hate God, hate the church, and hate the Constitution, do you think they're going to have any qualms about enforcing government mandates for food rationing and fuel uh, rationing? No, they're not going to have any qualms about that at all. So what I'm saying to you is that you better be on your guard and we better rise up with righteous indignation right now. We need to be praying. We need to be politically active. We need to be looking around and talking to our legislators about what's coming down the pipe. And these government-enforced mandates are going to be our undoing. We are the people. We, the people, need to take back our liberties. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. 
For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.